Don't call it a comb back. I'll have hair for years. Wake up in the morning feeling like PD. Hey, Grab my glasses. I'm out the door. I'm gonna hit this city Let's before go. I leave. Brush my teeth with a bottle of Jack. Cause when I leave for the night, I ain't coming back. I'm talking live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas studios. Like you hit somebody on the butt right now. You're not giving them Corona through their butt. This is the Press Box. Shove it in. With Grady and Bischoff. Set up with a bottle of ranch dressing and he just starts screaming, get it all over my face. On ESPN Las Vegas. Had the ranch dressing with fish tacos last night. Is that weird? Sprinkled a little, a little t- sprinkled a little on top. What kind of fish? I don't know. Whatever fish you made. I don't know. Was it tilapia? tilapia? Yeah, was it was it No, it was tilapia. Oh, okay. okay. Is I that feel weird? like you could do better than ranch, but it's not that weird. Yeah. So, okay, it's not I'd, that I'd weird. I probably put ranch on a oh, okay. taco. Right. I, yeah. Not Thought too it was weird. weird. I was getting some it, weird some weird looks in the kitchen when I went to the refrigerator. Yeah. Fish tacos are good. I like yeah, fish tacos. she makes great she makes a great fish taco. I think yeah. I'm gonna have that for lunch today now. Thank you. You're gonna have some? Yeah. Who makes it? I'll go to the Rubio's. You ever been oh, to Rubio's? Have I been to Rubio's oh, from San Diego? What a great the original, restaurant. The original oh, Rubio's, what San a Diego. Great restaurant. Yes. I'm having that for lunch today. Thank you. How many meals do you believe you eat out in a week? Well, I eat them all at home now, but. Oh, no, but. <laughs> remember, remember he has a very close relationship with Caleb, the Chick-fil-A yeah. driver. Before oh, Caleb, before. I don't know what happened to Caleb. Caleb hasn't Is delivered he my food in a long time. No, I have not seen Caleb in a while. Oh, Maybe he got like promoted. You yeah. know, Chick-fil-A, oh. Chick-fil-A, my nephew's uh, college roommate opened a Chick-fil-A. And he went to the whole like Chick Fil A school, and you know you got to understand and learn everything. He now has three of them. Maybe Caleb owns one. Oh, I mean, I mean, I don't know. They're, they're popping up around Vegas. Maybe yeah. Caleb owns a Chick Fil A. Girl I went to high school with. Her dad was the owner of a Chick Fil A franchise. She? I was like, man, messed up. Yeah, could have been dating yeah, her the whole yeah, time. He missed that one up. My Jeez. God. But to answer your question, yeah, about once a day, so seven times a week. Wow. No chance that would be yeah, approved. We don't the, cook. No chance that would be neither, approved at the homestead. Neither my girlfriend nor I can cook. So really, yeah. yeah. What are we doing? And Every- it's a wasted Christmas present to buy them <laughs> cooking lessons. Just so you know, they have no desire to learn to no. cook. Every day, every day, my son Pretty comes much. in. He goes, Dad. Chipotle sounds good. Dad, <laughs> this place sounds good. Dad, this place sounds good. And every day, my answer is the same. Have you met your mother? Go in the go in the go in the go in the kitchen. Get some tuna out. We brought you. Uh, we bought onion rolls and have yourself a sandwich. And he, he puts rolls. his head. He puts his head down and goes and makes like ten sandwiches. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. Chipotle sounds good. Hey, Dad. Cafe Rio sounds really good. Oh, I mean, he Cafe just starts Rio's saying great. different different places. You like Cafe Rio? Oh, I love Cafe Rio. I, There's love- one right behind our house now. Oh, it's great. My All right. So the first thing we do each morning is called the first bite. If anybody <laughs> representing apparently Chick-fil-A, Cafe Rio, Rubio's, I mean, we just named about 17 oh, we're looking, restaurants. Yeah, we're looking for sponsors. So, you know, yeah. we'll talk about you all the time. <laughs> we'll talk about it all the time. Might as well talk about some hockey. The first bite. Should the Golden Knights be favored to win the Stanley Cup next year? Absolutely not. No, not Tampa Bay. Based on empirical evidence, it definitely should be Tampa Bay. Yes. Best coach. I have no idea what their team's going to look like. It's all 18 million, 18 million. They made t-shirts. But if they have the guy who likes to pound beers and say great things after games, they have the goalie who's the best goalie in the world, other than number one, you know what, for not wearing the Vesna. I would favor Tampa Bay. I don't 
They've won two straight. I do think they have the best coach. I think they have some of the best players, and they'll lose some guys, obviously, because of the cap. That's that's obvious, and they've all said it. Kucherov, half drunk on the boat, the other day, says, well, we're not going to be the same. I don't think he even cared at that point. I wouldn't favor the Golden Knights. I'm sorry. I mean, I think they should be among the favorites, but now, they're, if you're asking me who will have the greatest lead at the end of the regular season in their division, <laughs> then absolutely. <laughs> but to win it all, they, no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't favor them. And with the, much like Tampa Bay, I sort of want to see who the Golden Knights have. Yeah. Before I say who should be favored. So Superbook, uh, their favorites, Colorado and Vegas were tied atop the uh, odds to win the next Stanley Cup at five to one. Tampa Bay was third at seven to one, and then you get down to like Toronto and Carolina and Boston are in the fourteen sixteen to one range. So. It, it's pretty substantial. There's a pretty substantial difference between three and four. Like it's Colorado, Vegas, and Tampa, and then everybody else is is close to fifteen to one or worse. So there's a pretty substantial top three. Um, should the Golden Knights be number one of those three? Probably not. Should the Golden Knights be in that top three? I think so. Like I, don't oh, think I, I have no problem with yeah. top three because you know the the idea of them having an easy division and, and hell we saw that this year with the exception of Colorado and it gets easier next year. Like the Golden Knights, they are the safest bet of any team that that you can sit down and say, "Oh, they're going to win their division. They're going to have an easier first round and second round matchup in the playoffs." Like you can say that right now about them. You can't really say that about Colorado because the Central Division is going to reexist next year and it's going to be much tougher than the Pacific. And you can't really say that about Tampa Bay or Boston or any of these other teams because both divisions in the East are much better than the Pacific. So. They are, they are like, I, I think the Golden Knights, I would say this, I think they're the safest. I think they're the safest of any of the teams to say, oh yeah, they're going to be contenders. They've got the least amount of obstacles to getting to the conference finals again. Oh, I agree with all that. I just, yeah. to win it all, I, I wouldn't make them the favorite. But I, I think they'll win the division by like 100, 100, game, 100 points. And I think they'll, like you said, they'll have two quote-unquote easier paths uh, because they get to stay in the division for the first two rounds. I mean, if they don't make... It's a huge, huge upset if they're not in the conference finals, right? In my opinion, huge upset. Oh, yeah. Now again, I don't know who's going to be waiting for them there. Is it Colorado? Um, oh no, they'll beat Colorado. <laughs> it's it's going to be like the Panthers in the Stanley Cup finals. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I but I also the, understand it, why they're lose to the Preds and a backup goalie. <laughs> I also understand why they're favorites because they're you know they get a lot of public money. People like right. them a lot. Yeah, so that's another key I get factor that. for sports books in yeah. Vegas. By the way, is it strange? Is it strange that the Golden Knights, like, that seems to be the overwhelming, like, anytime there's a Golden Knights line, it's like, oh, well, you know, in Vegas, they get hammered on Golden Knights bets. But, like, d- does that happen with other teams? I mean, did like, in the NHL? Yeah. Like, it's like the Avalanche just, like, overwhelming favorites in every single game. And it's like, well, it's because the public just pounds them in Denver. Uh, I think this year they might have. I don't know that. I don't. I'd have to ask. Todd Dewey or someone who follows the books every day, but I think they probably got pounded with Colorado until Golden Knights beat them. I know that when I, I want to say in Mississippi, we were talking to a uh, we were talking to a bookmaker a couple like maybe two years ago on technically correct, and they described like Mississippi gets gets like has to be over favored in Altoona because like they uh, the, the the locals just go in and, and just pound them. them. Yeah, yeah. It's I mean, a, the Golden Knights bring. I've talked to books here, and they people love the Golden Knights. Love them. They'll just they'll just bet anything on the Golden Knights. So, yeah, I mean, 
I, I think they're a public team, and they certainly uh, against um, Montreal. I'm sure they they were happy because <laughs> I'm sure everyone bet the Golden Knights against Montreal. Because why would you bet on the Canadians how, how, of all teams? Why would you bet on that team? They finished <laughs> so, 18th. Oh wait. Let me ask you this: How many years left do you think the Golden Knights have in their championship window? Well, I think a lot of that goes back to again the division. We don't know how good the division's ever going to be. They get Edmonton back, but you know they have the best player. Uh, but again, you know about their defense and their goalie situation. So you know the Kraken, if they're if they're a normal expansion team, not like the Golden Knights, it's going to be a long while for them. The Ducks, the Kings, there's no one in there. We're like, well, I can see them coming. So it could be several years, I guess, because if they always have a, if, you know, for the next several years, if you know, it's like, well, they're going to win the division, they're going to win their first two rounds. I mean, if you can kind of count on that for the next five, six years or whatever it is, I think it's going to be a while. So the Athletic did like a fan survey and of Golden Knights fans. And I was surprised because how many years left in the title window was With one the of window? the questions. And 41% said two years, 35% that said three years. So the majority of Golden Knights fans that responded to this anyways, think that they have three years or less to win a title, which which would be seven years in. Yeah. Which, but excuse me. Well, I think I will yeah, say I'm a, from a fan base standpoint, I'm a little surprised. It's that realistic because I think most fans would be like, we're going to win forever. Right, Mark Stone right. signed for seven more years. Why right. wouldn't Mark Stone be the best player yes. in hockey for the next seven right. years? Flurry's going to be 45. He'll be fine. <laughs> but I, I do think that is a legitimate, like, Hey, they've got two or three more years to win a Stanley cup. And if they don't, then you're looking at Mark Stone and Alex Petrangelo are on big contracts and on the downturn of their careers at that point. Your goaltending situation might be a question mark, depending on how good Robin Leonard is at the end of his deal. And all, I mean, listen, the the Golden Knights are not old right now. Like, except for like Max Pacioretty, all their players are basically between like 28 and 31. But in three years from now, when all those players are now 32 to 35 or whatever. They get old fast. Yeah. Now all of a sudden your team, your roster is very old. And they haven't had anything in terms of success from guys coming up from the AHL. Like, Nick Waugh is like the best, like, oh, or Nick Hague or Zach Whitecloud. Like they've gotten like, oh, a third pair defenseman or a third line center, but they have not gotten real production like a Cole or Kale McCarr with Colorado or a Kirill Kaprizov, who a guy in their first year is like, that guy's awesome. They've not gotten that now, from anybody. Well, okay. I, I get that, but I'm going to disagree with you because they've gotten incredible production from Nick Suzuki. <laughs> Well, they he, haven't. He's gotten he's it. been terrific, Nick Suzuki, um, uh, a guy they a guy they drafted and brought up, and immediately traded. Um, I mean, I guess two to three years is fine. I mean, I, I'm with you on that. I'm a little surprised because you just if this if this poll was Vegas Golden Knights fans, you go into it thinking, well, they're gonna they're, <laughs> they're gonna, gonna overshoot they're forever. gonna overshoot the thought you they're know never, the, the viewpoints here because that's that yeah, was that's exactly. the point okay, that I'm, I'm thinking about. It's Bill Foley. I don't think he's ever gonna go. All right, let's take a year. Well, yeah, but like the Yankees, was it two to three years? The Yankees years? don't take a year, and they still you still can't. The be Dodgers a real don't champion. take. They don't take. Yeah, there's some teams that don't take. Yeah, a year. but you can't be a real champion contender, championship contender every year. Like, did it's that poll have a? Did that poll have a one percent? And it was Bill Foley. And that, and and that balanced a, out because he said it was eight years. What do you, I was going to say, what do you think Bill Foley's answer to that is? Until oh, I die? Like, <laughs> not, uh, yes, not, no. not two to three years. Well, if I'm him, I'm spending that much money. I wouldn't say two to three years. No. Like, look, I'm spending a lot of money. I've given you all the, all the tools that you need to compete for this thing. So you better get it done. I mean, Mr. Army, there's no way that guy's limiting himself to two to three years. I think he'd probably say, as long as I own the team, I would be, 
Like uh, the next couple years of Golden Knights are going to be interesting because they are a good team. They've got a good chance yes. to win a Stanley Cup. I am interested to see the end of this. Like when they get to a point where, oh, you know, Mark Stone and Alex Petrangelo are older and we're paying them so much money. And like, I'm curious when they get to that point, how does Foley react and how does McPhee and McCrimmon react to that? Like, do they, does McPhee and McCrimmon, do they come to Foley and say, listen, we went for it. We had a run there. We, we acquired a whole bunch of good players and it did, or it didn't work out. Now we've got to tear down and rebuild because we've got to somehow find a way to be competitive in three years for a Stanley cup. Or is it Bill Foley saying, Nope, we're still holding on to, we can get into the playoffs as the eight seed and win it as the eight seed. Cause you can, as, you can do that. I mean, you in hockey, you can as say he's putting we'll his arm around flower. Listen, yeah. I know you're 47, <laughs> but you're my guy. Um, I just want that. You know, I've, We've talked about this often. I, in a uh, very sarcastic, not sarcastic, but a cynical way, I am waiting for that only to see the fan base slash media. It's a fascinating thing. I to want see. to see that when they, and it will happen. And, and look, I mean, it's going to happen because it pretty much happens to 99% of the teams where yeah. eventually there's going to be turnover and you're just not going to be as good. And now let's see T Mobile Arena. Because all we know about this fan base is how much they love the team, and oh. they've been an unbelievable fan base. Yes, absolutely. But the team's been unbelievably yeah. good in every single year. So it is fascinating because, listen, the idea that, that Vegas wasn't a hockey market, like, obviously the fans embraced it, but there's still a level of that where a lot of these fans weren't actually fans of an NHL team before. So what happens when the team isn't any good? What happens when the Golden Knights are right, not because in playoff contention? I think there's a lot of people out there. There were oh look, there it's a transplant city, so right. there were a lot of fans from right. other places that knew hockey or hockey fans. But the percentage you're talking about love that they're winning, love those kind of atmospheres at the games. Now if they're in fourth place, where does that percentage go? Right. That's do they what say, I'm fascinated to see. They say boy, because here's the thing. <laughs> I think I'm right on this is even if they're in fourth place three years now. Tickets are probably not going down. Yeah, and, I mean, and, the CNHL, they're not going to suddenly say, uh, we're going to cut and slash prices. So now, okay, are you going to pay that to sit at top? And the atmosphere, you know, the pregame might be the same, but you're in fourth place. How yeah. are you going to pay that? Yeah. I don't know and if that happens. I think they're going to have a year or two of a buffer of where fans are still showing up, and it's still Golden Knights crazy. Like, I think it's going to take a legitimate three, maybe four years of them oh, like, just not, not, being very not good. making not the being playoffs for that to fall off because of how – how rabid it is. It's it's insane. It's an unbelievably good fan base. It's going to be a while before three to four years. It is. And they're, the and they're going to be so good gonna, for three to yeah, four exactly, years. And then yeah. maybe there's yeah. a three to four year period where it's they a, don't it's make a while it. off. So, yeah, it's going to be a long time. But I am I am curious to see what the fan base does then because all the fan base is known as success. I mean, right. that's all they've known is the team is awesome. And they've showed up for that. All right. Coming up next, we'll jump into a, some Olympic basketball because... Well, it's okay. There's not a lot of good news that happened in Olympic basketball yesterday. It's the press box with Granny and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. How confident are you that Team USA is going to play men's basketball in the Olympics? I'm confident they're going to play. I just don't know who's going to be on the team. Okay. So they <laughs> they'll send, send somebody. Some okay. They'll send somebody. Because they were supposed to play today against Australia. That game has been canceled uh they are still expected to play this weekend against spain but the reason for that game being canceled is covid bradley beal tested positive for covid he was put into their health and safety protocols uh but then yesterday jeremiah grant was also put into the health and safety protocols now the reports are that grant did not test positive so you can view that i guess as a close contact to bradley beal or maybe somebody else that had covid one of the two 
um, but that's two players now in their health and safety protocols. They are actively looking to replace Bradley Beal on the roster. Uh, I saw a report from the Houston Chronicle that Christian Wood, former UNLV player, is being considered to be added okay. to the team. Uh, so they're actively looking to re- replace Bradley Beal. But in two days, two players have gone on the uh, uh, into health and safety protocols. You've had to cancel a game. I guess it could all stop right there, and they play this weekend against Spain, and everything's Spain on fine. Sunday. But there's also, I guess, the chance that it keeps getting worse because that's what seems to happen with this. Yeah, I mean, you're this is this is scary. I think for that team because you're watching everyone closely now, and you know we we joked before shouldn't joke, but we joked before the show. Durant has now been uh, tested 46 times in the last 24 hours. Make sure he's okay. Um, but you don't know. I mean, and it's it's not just basketball. You know, I just they just moved a story in the wire saying Aaron Judge was among the Yankees who tested positive. Aaron Judge just came from the All Star game. Yeah. So like now, you know, if you're in that All Star game, if you're in that, if you're in that dugout who hugged him or high fived him or whatever you did, I mean, now you're going back to these other teams, and now everyone's tested. I mean, would we be shocked if all of a sudden another team today, the uh, guys that he was around, pops positive? No. So. This thing is still really, you know, dangerous in terms of how it spreads, and I think they're actually hoping. You know, it's too bad for Bradley Beal. He actually had a really good game against Australia, not Australia, excuse me, Argentina, and I thought they needed Bradley Beal. We'll see who they replace with him. Um, I don't know. Maybe you know this. I don't know if there's a steadfast rule. I mean, if they're considering Christian Wood, there isn't. I do. I mean, I good for the select team guys, but I'm sorry. After what we saw from three games, I go get the absolute best player I can get. Well, I, I mean. I just or or look at what your need is and say who's the best right. guy available at that. And Jared mentioned someone before. I mean, is it Trey Young? No, I think it's I absolutely mean, not Trey Young. I mean, like who Trey is Young it? tweeted out the video of Isaiah Thomas saying that he didn't get invited to play for the dream team, right? Yeah. But it's not Trey Young. Well, yeah, who 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 would it be? Because Trey Young doesn't you have Kevin Durant. Score first guard. Yeah, he doesn't. Yeah, score first guard. I mean, yes, so, they run a lot of ball screens in Atlanta, and he's a very good distributor out of those ball screens, but he's not going to have the ball in his hands. Like, they need somebody that can play defense. Trying to, you know, I mean, I'm trying to think who's not on the team that would translate that would be a really, really, good, really, really good pick right now. Kawhi Leonard, but he has a blown yes, out ACL. That'd be if they could get Kawhi Leonard right now, yeah, he'd be, he would be help great. them a lot. Um, but they, they Paul don't George. need, well, they don't need a. Scoring dominant guard, Paul George would probably be great. I was gonna, I that was that's a great score. No, but that's a really good idea right there because he can defend people, he can play defense, yes. And like if you need him to, you can give him the ball and he can go score. But like when you have Kevin Durant and Damian Lillard, you don't you don't need a ball dominant guy. Paul Paul George George would be be really good. Yeah, that he'd be. I think so. Let's call him. Yeah. Okay. Get him on the phone. (laughs) But yeah, but that's. I mean, that's. I I think if you're remember the last time you played for Team USA, son. (laughs) If you're replacing. Bradley Beal, you're, they have an opportunity. They've gotten to see a few games, and they have an opportunity to say, oh, wow, we need something different with this team. We need someone who can guard somebody. Yes, and and that's what they can go get. Yeah. And, they, you know, you could also look for a – you could try to get a point guard. I mean, pretty young fits the mold of point guard, but you could also try to find a non-shoot first right. point guard that you could Facilitator put out Facilitator is a point guard. There's guys like that yeah. out there. But even that I still don't think you need because you have Lillard and Durant. you need Christian Wood? Uh, it gives you some front court help. I don't know that you need Christian Wood, but there, I mean, we're talking about Bam Adebayo and Draymond Green, like Kevin Love. Yeah. Like you, you could use another guy <laughs> in the front court. You absolutely could use another guy in the front court. So I think like Christian Wood would make some sense, but yeah, I mean, Paul George would be maybe the best fit you could get right now for this. How, team. Go- how good does 
does Kevin Love have to play to get us to shut up about the fact that he probably shouldn't be on the team? Uh, I watched the game against Argentina. He looked, uh, man, even just going up and down the court. Now, again, I don't, I thought the token line was stupid. I thought that wasn't, here's the thing about the token line. I didn't, you know, there were reasons they said they picked him, right? So if you want to believe those reasons in terms of how he could stretch the floor and his experience and all that, okay, whatever. Um, I didn't believe the token line only because Jalen Rose's entire narrative there was they didn't want an all-black team when the last two teams are, excuse me, in, in I think in eight and maybe 12, they had all-black teams. So it's like, you aren't doing your research because this has happened before. So for you to say that is completely ignorant. Um, but I watched them the other day and... I agree with you. They could use someone in the front court. He just he just looks. Here's the thing. I don't know. What's Kevin Love? 34, 35? What yeah, is he? something like that. Kevin Love, at least the other day against Argentina, looked really old. Like, he just he just looked at going up another court. He just looked really like, old. He is only 32. That's like, surprising. Yeah. I thought he was like 35. Reggie Miller once played for Team USA at 38 and was arguably their best player. This isn't Kevin Love. Yeah, thirty-two, and this isn't Kevin he's Love. had a lot of leg and calf injuries, and you can just tell he just. No, look, he was never he was never walking in and you know being the greatest athlete on the floor, but he was very very good for a long time. And I watched him the other day. So if you're saying get someone in the front court, like I wouldn't blink at that either. Do they really not have another front court player? No, Bam Green, Draymond, and Kevin Love, Kevin Love. I mean, obviously you. You can play small, and Durant is, is not yeah, small, but not, but not he's a your true. Power they, I mean, I think Bam's what they what they consider their only true center. Yeah. Their, their center is and then Bam. Like, you know, Draymond Green can play center, and that you know that was the really death lineup for yeah. the for the Warriors. Yeah. But and that that should be fine most of the time. But they yeah, they probably like Christian Wood. There might be some better options, but that type of player probably makes sense for them. Like they probably need another legitimate front court player because you only have three, and one of them's Kevin Love. So. You probably need another so one. So you only have two. <laughs> so, yeah, you probably need another one. I mean, I guess, again. If you can get away with that, though, I like Jared's option better. Because Paul George can guard people. Right. And I mean. It's really good. You can technically play Paul George as a power forward, too. The dude's like 6'7", yeah. 6'8". Six, six, yeah. Like, technically, you could play him as a power forward. Again, you're going to be in some small lineups. but technically, Well, they're doing that anyway. Yeah, but you can get away with that. And that and that should be better at the end of the day, too. Like, that, that legitimately should be better for this team is to not play multiple bigs out there. But you do want the option because, you know, you're going to have to guard Nikola Jokic if you play Serbia at some point. You're going to have to guard, not that he's that great on offense, but you're going to play France in the... Uh, Group you can play stage. Gobert, and, yeah, and well, and that's they're, Gobert. they're playing. Fran- they open up against France, and yeah. that's no gimme. Um, you know who's guarding Luca? I don't know. Kevin I mean, Durant. Kevin Durant I mean, has to guard Luca. I guess Draymond. You could throw Draymond on. Yeah. Him. That would be fine. It's Gordon yeah. Hayward part of this team? No, no, no. He does seem like a Team USA basketball player, though, doesn't he? Yep. <laughs> I don't know why, but I just see Gordon Hayward. I'm like that guy plays for Team USA, doesn't he? <laughs> All right, coming up next, Austin Gale joins the show. He doesn't want to be in Green Bay. He hasn't planned to be back in Green Bay. Now we'll see whether the Packers and him can come up with some sort of compromise that can lure him back there. But I don't believe, and I think Aaron Rodgers knows this, that he wants to be back there, nor plans to be back there at this time. He just hasn't come out and said it. He loves his coaches. He loves his teammates. He loves many of the people that he's worked with, but not everybody. The one thing I feel very comfortable and confident in saying is Aaron Rodgers does not want to play there anymore. 
The question is whether they can convince him to do it. And I don't know how that is going to work out. We're back to the press box with Grady and Bischoff. It is the worst day of the year to do sports radio since there was virtually no sporting events yesterday. So thank you to Adam Schefter for the Aaron Rodgers content. And joining us now from Pro Football Focus is Austin Gale. Austin, how much should we appreciate Adam Schefter for that Aaron Rodgers content? I mean, you have to. It's one of the biggest storylines in the NFL right now. The Kansas City Chiefs and Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to be Super Bowl contenders. Who is number three? Whatever team has Aaron Rodgers, in my opinion. Like, if it's the Green Bay Packers, they're right there with them. If it's the Denver Broncos, if it's Jeopardy, you could see them competing. Like, that's, that's where we're at right now. I do think that the, everyone's upset that the Aaron Rodgers conversation is dominating the offseason, but it's, it's freaking July, and a future Hall of Fame quarterback, arguably – the number two, number three quarterback in the NFL right now might either retire or play for a different team. So, fun fact, that's the biggest storyline right now. I give you both credit because I lost Schefter a sentence in and he was so confusing to me. I don't know what. <laughs> At the end of the day, I thought Derek Carr was going to Green Bay. Um, we, we, we talked earlier in the week, there's, and let us know what you think. It, as the days pass and camps are set to open here, I think on the 27th for most people, I it just seems impossible no matter how upset he is that he doesn't play for the Packers this year. I, I disagree. I, I'm okay. sorry, but I disagree. I, no, I do I not know. think, you know, Adam Schefter was on the Chris Collinsworth podcast uh, here at PSF, I think a couple of days ago, and he is adamant that Aaron Rodgers does not want to play in Green Bay, and if he is going to play, it won't be there. And he is a guy, let me remind you, that still doesn't talk to his parents over a grudge that he has with his family. Like that is That is Aaron Rodgers. That is who we have here. You think after texting teammates that he won't play there and doing all that he has over the offseason about not wanting to be there, he's going to go back on his word? Absolutely not. Like, I just don't think Aaron Rodgers is playing for the Green Bay Packers this year. I think he's either hosting Jeopardy or playing for a different team. If he isn't, uh, and given it's so close to camp, what is the quote-unquote leverage than it wasn't two months ago? Like, what do you think he draws in an offer? As much as we always thought he would, does anyone have more leverage than not uh, if right now he, he's traded within the next week? The issue is he has no leverage, but he doesn't care. I, I think he gets paid regardless. The Green Bay Packers have you know, all the leverage in the world. They could choose not to trade him and, and do different things like that. But I do think that Aaron Rodgers, you know, be, it, it's an interesting front office decision. Uh, do you want to be the front office that trades Aaron Rodgers and watches him compete for a Super Bowl for another team? Or do you want to be the team that is so, has made Aaron Rodgers so upset that he's choosing to sit on the sideline and not play for your football team? So I do think that the front office has some critical critical decisions to make. And when this all came out, which you remember was on the first day of the 2021 NFL draft, the number one thing I said is there is the front office has the biggest decision the front office can make is repair that relationship with Aaron Rodgers. They should be doing everything in their power to do what they can to repair the relationship with Aaron Rodgers. And if they haven't made strides there, which it doesn't sound like they have, I, I really don't think they're, I really think they're in a position where they either have to trade him or, or, or you know, call his bluff, which I don't think he's bluffing. A uh, realistic destinations if they if the Packers came out and said all right we're trading him now who's out there besides Denver that you think could actually make a move for him yeah I, I think it has to be on the west coast I think he wants to be on the west coast but you know he's getting married I, I, his wife wants to be on the west coast I think Denver makes sense Las Vegas potentially they're always in the market for that veteran player that wants to be on the move I think they were in the market for Julio Jones they were in the market for Tom Brady they were in the market for Deshaun Watson I, I do think that the Raiders would consider it as well um, those are the two teams right now that I feel like on the West Coast could make a play for Aaron Rodgers. I think other teams there, I don't think there is a ton of fits. But I also think 
Aaron Rodgers would rather not play than play for a team he doesn't want to play for, even if it isn't the Green Bay Packers. I think he's comfortable with where he's at financially. He's comfortable with the opportunity he's going to have after football. So um, the ball's really in his court. Like, what do you want to do, Aaron Rodgers? And I think he makes the decision ultimately to not play in Green Bay either host Jeopardy or play for a team on the West Coast. So I hope he gets traded to, like, Washington, and he says, no, I'm not playing there either, guys. Exactly. That's an interesting <laughs> decision, too, you know, because the front office could make that play, and then, then it would then be just an, an awful situation for sure. Is what you have to give up as much as we always thought it was for him? I don't – yeah, I think, I think it's going to be – it would be multiple first-round picks, and it would be for a team that's in a position to win now. Aaron Rodgers isn't – you know, so old, I still think he could play multiple years in the NFL, but he's still at that point where you know, maybe he has two more contracts, you know, one or two more contracts left. I think he's, what, 36 years old. So I think he would be giving up multiple first-round picks, also taking on a lot of that salary cap coming from Green Bay. So I do think it would have to be a team that says, hey, we are an Aaron Rodgers away. And we've seen John Elway do this before, not with a trade, but signing Peyton Manning in trade and winning his Super Bowl. Like That's how you know, John Elway had success in Denver, getting that last piece. And I think Denver with Vic Fangio, with that defense, with Jerry Judy, A.J. Hamler, Cortland Sutton. I, I think they have enough there to legitimately make a play if they had the quarterback solved. Can you think of a player that could be the Shohei Otani of the NFL that could like lead the league in like receiving yards and also be a usable defensive player or something ridiculous like that? I, I, I could see Jalen Ramsey, like Jalen Ramsey being a legitimate NFL talent at wide receiver, not the best receiver in the NFL, but borderline top 15 and also being, you know, a number one, number two cornerback in the NFL. I think he's the name that comes to mind for me. Um, trying to think of I mean, Jamal Adams, I think Jamal Adams at safety and also playing tight end, but I mean, he's had some, you know, less than, less than great success in Seattle in coverage, but those, I think defensive, backs, you know, defensive backs are ones, those rare defensive backs that can play both sides. Like Deion Sanders did back in the day. In April, uh, Belichick said Cam's our guy, and then they get uh, Cam. Uh, then they get Matt Jones. Cam Newton comes out yesterday. He says it's put up or shut up time. Well, one, do you think they get the chance to put up or shut up? And two, how likely is it they can actually put up right now at his age? I, I do think Cam's going to get the opportunity. I think Matt Jones is the quarterback of the future in New England, but I don't think Bill Belichick, with how he's built this offense, is going to rush to put Matt Jones into the lineup. I think Cam Newton's leash is short. I don't think, you know, if he is, he's starting to struggle, say, four or six weeks in, or say he's battling injuries, Mac Jones will see time, and they're going to be more confident in Jones stepping in for Newton than they are Stidham. But I do think Cam Newton's going to be given the opportunity. It's going to be a ton of 12 personnel, Jonu Smith, Hunter Henry. I'd argue a top three offensive line in the NFL, a big, bruising, rushing quarterback when healthy. Like, I think this offense can be good, but it is put up or shut up for Cam Newton. He's always been an uber-talented quarterback, but put it all together. You know, after his MVP season, we haven't seen that Cam Newton. And a lot of that's injuries, supporting cast, coaching, all these different things. But still, he is in one of the best situations in the NFL offensively with Josh McDaniels, with Bill Belichick, Jonu Smith, Hunter Henry, that offensive line. Like, he's in a good position to succeed. Let's see it. I think it is put up or shut up for Cam Newton. What's the definition of put up for him? Because he can be better than last year, but that still wouldn't necessarily make him a good quarterback in the NFL. I mean, he's got to win 10-plus games. I don't even think it's a, a statistical thing. I think he needs to win. You need to see Cam Newton win 10, 11 games and then make a deep postseason run because that defense is still good. And offensively, I, I said this in March, maybe, maybe in soon after May, early May, they're the most improved team in the NFL by a landslide. According to PFF's free agency improvement index, they are the most improved team in the NFL. Did they pay a lot to get there? Yes, you know, adding so many different pieces in free agency, but they are the most improved team. Cam Newton's at the center of that. Stay healthy, play a full 
17-game season, and let's see what they can do. I think they can be a legit postseason contender. Should we be more impressed with Tom Brady that he played an entire Super Bowl season with a torn MCL? <laughs> yes, that, that's absurd. I, I can't believe it. I also think I had this conversation recently. Someone asked me, is Tom Brady still a top-five quarterback in the NFL? Yes, he's a top-three quarterback in the NFL. We have never seen the success in a first year under Bruce Arians from a quarterback that we, ha- we saw from Tom Brady. Did it take six to eight weeks to get used to it? Absolutely. But towards the back end, I mean, this team was unstoppable. They won the Super Bowl. And now, healthy with a repaired torn MCL in year two of the Bruce Arian system, I think Tom Brady is going to compete for an MVP in this season. I don't think he's not. I don't think he's just a top five quarterback. I think he's top three, top two. Uh, you guys had a story about quarterbacks and pressure and hit rate and how, and one of the interesting things was how when quarterbacks change teams, their hit rate basically stays the same, sort of suggesting that quarterbacks have a much bigger influence on how often they get hit, how often they get sacked. So I'm curious, like with that information, how important is pass blocking when we talk about an offensive line and how should teams construct their offensive line with that in mind? It's still significantly important. I, I think the, word, the, the phrasing I say is quarterbacks own, largely own, their pressure rate and sack rates, especially when you look at pressures converted to sacks. How often when you're pressured are you getting sacked? Are you getting the ball thrown? Are you throwing the ball away? Are you checking it down, et cetera? Quarterbacks largely own their pressure rates. However, you still need to invest in a pass-blocking offensive line because there are pressures, a high percentage of pressures, that are unavoidable. Pressures within first 2.5 seconds of the snap, those aren't pressures where quarterbacks are owning that rate. But I do think there, you know, some of the, the quarterbacks with the highest pressure rates in the NFL have played behind bad offensive lines but also have a tendency to hold on to the football. Russell Wilson, Sean Watson, guys that get the, you know, the ball out quickly, Ben Roethlisberger, Derek Carr, Drew Brees, they oftentimes, regardless of offensive line play, are one of the lowest-pressured quarterbacks in the NFL. So I do think it's something that you know, we focus in on accuracy, arm strength, poise, converting pressures to sacks, and you know, pressure rate allowed is a big stat for quarterbacks that you need to look at both at the collegiate level and in the NFL. So given Derek Carr's, in his entire career, he's been a guy that gets rid of the ball quickly. John Gruden's offense now asks for that a lot of the time. Was it kind of a smart thing for the Raiders to blow up their offensive line? I don't think it's ever smart to blow up your offensive line, but I do think that um, you know, Derek, you're, you're in a position with that offense and with Derek Carr where you can mitigate some of those losses. Russell Wilson can't play behind that offensive line. Deshaun Watson can't play behind that offensive line, but Derek Carr in that offense gets the ball out quick and on time so much that are they going to be a top 10, top 15 offensive line in the NFL? No, but it's not going to be as damaging as it would be for other quarterbacks. And I think they can, you know, you can have that cheat code, so to speak, or that easy win, that cheap win, knowing that we're going to get the ball out quickly regardless. Let's go play whoever we want. Brandon Parker at right tackle, and we'll still make some plays. You mentioned Deshaun Watson, so the reports are this week that Philly is in, 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 uh, in this in terms of uh, maybe getting him. Where do you see Deshaun Watson when this thing opens up on the 27th? I honestly think he might play in Houston. I, I don't really understand. I, so much of this is speculation. So much of this is reports. It's also quieted down a lot more than I expected. I honestly think that if he is playing for the, in the NFL this year, I think he's going to be playing in Houston. But I just don't know what suspensions are going to come down or what ruling is going to come down. So much of this is just waiting and seeing how the NFL views this and ultimately when he goes to court and what, and what rulings happen. So I do think that if he does play, it will be in Houston. The more I start to think about how Houston is sitting on this because you saw in that report as well. Houston's asking for the same price. You know they're not. You know these allegations haven't forced them out of two, three, four first right. rounders, and for that reason, I think no team's going to do that. There's too much risk with that. So I do think Houston ultimately keeps Deshaun. Whether or not he plays for that team will be interesting. Oh, 
we've we've done this once before with you, and I already forgot. Who's the quarterback if Deshaun Watson's not there in Houston? Terod Taylor. That's Terod right. Taylor is the quarterback, oh, and then they have they draft in the third round. Uh, Davis Mills out <laughs> of Stanford is the backup. All right, oh. maybe maybe next week I'll remember Terod Taylor, Taylor is in Houston, but probably not. He's Austin Gale from Pro Football Focus. Austin, as always, we appreciate it. Thanks, Austin. Absolutely, thank you. Terod Taylor. I, I can. I'll never remember who that quarterback is. Until I'll tell you who does know that. The guy who co-hosts in the afternoon, Adam Hill. He knows that. Oh boy, I. He's kind of calmed down with this Terod Taylor. Uh, well, I think, on Twitter. Well, I think oh, on once Twitter, you go to publicly. Houston on Twitter, Ed, you're like, okay, so wait, who's their GM? A youth pastor. Um, <laughs> Tyrod screwed. Yeah, make him the quarterback. Yeah, where is Adam Hill? I need him. Why is he not pumping up to Rod Taylor to start for the Texans? Well, that yeah, I, he should be. But, it, it's, Tyrod, I, I, I think he's waiting for uh, Tyrod to get a number. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> another jersey. No, no, he has a number. They just won't tell the media what that number is. <laughs> you just have to guess which one is out there and who is who. All right, coming up next, are we doing show and tell again? Yes, yes. Right. Yeah. The I, big I surprise for you guys. It's show or tell. No, I gotta, no, it's show. It's show. It's show today. It's show today. All right. Yeah. All right. Great show. radio coming It is. Up. <laughs> oh, I can't wait. I'm excited. Screw the listeners. Ed Graney has been a journalist for over 30 years. He's seen a lot of and been given a lot of free stuff. Oh, brother. All right, back to show and tell. Whether it was scurvy or a padre eating a Snickers bar. Why don't you bring us potato? You're always trying to give me potatoes. What is it with you? Ed Graney is here to show and tell. What are you showing us? You ready? I'm ready. You sure you're ready? Yeah. Oh, it's oh, a rubber wow. band ball. Oh. This thing is heavy. Hey, look at that thing. Oh, my God. Look at that. Why do you have so rubber, let's, rubber? So go ahead and describe it to the it's listeners. A, it's a rubber band ball. Yeah. It is bigger than a softball. Oh, I yeah. I don't know of a sports ball that is this size, but it is bigger than a softball, smaller than a bowling ball. Somewhere in between there, closer to softball. Like um, a bocce ball. I know two things. It's made completely of rubber bands, and DK Metcalf couldn't hit it. That's the only thing I know. I only know two things about this rubber ball. So the story behind that, I think I told you the other day, is one day here at the office, I got a box. And, you know, if you read the emails I get, I always, like, shake it first and, like, you know, bring in the dogs. You check to see if it's <laughs> yes. ticking. I was bringing the dogs and listen. Uh, but nothing. It seemed clean. So I did open it up, and that was in there. Very nice gentleman had typed out a note of why he did this and uh, what it was about. And... um Thank him for it. Uh, it's been on my desk uh, the entire time at the house, and it is – how many rubber – like, this is one of those situations where, well, we wouldn't know the answer unless he told us. But this is like, you know, when you go to a carnival and there's a huge bowl of M&Ms, you got to guess the amount of number in there, and, you know, closest gets it. You know, it's almost like the uh, cakes that you take home and eat the candy off of because you, you're in line to uh, over, overcome the uh, the lady trying to steal the cake from you at the um, church bazaar. How many think? How many rubber bands do you think is? Well, okay, in the here's thing? my question: What's at the heart of a rubber, of a rubber band ball? Rubber bands. I think it's rubber. You think what there's you, like a super ball in there? Well, what, it's a rubber band. You got to put it around something. You Another just, rubber band. You just ball up rubber bands and start trying to put I think rubber you bands do. around it. Yeah, yeah. I don't think there's like okay. a super ball in there. Um, I don't know, a thousand. <laughs> I, I, look, I you're asking me. That's I why I asked you. I have absolutely no clue how many rubber bands on there. You can't just put rubber bands yeah. at the okay. inside of a rubber okay. band ball. Do me a favor. Bounce the ball and tell me what you think. Bounce it. 
Yeah, oh, it wow. bounces. That is way bouncier <laughs> than I expected. Yes, it bounces. You can actually play ball with this that. This thing is like eight pounds. Yes. And I'm expecting it to just thud into the no, ground. No, it bounces. It bounces. Yeah, it's got good I literally, weirdly, walk around the house <laughs> with hardwood floors. I literally walk around and just bounce that all day. You do? Uh, uh, really? A lot. A lot. Oh, wow. Yeah. I don't know why, but I'm doing that. And, you know, people at the house just look at me and keep walking by me like usual. I would look at you like you were weird, too. <laughs> um, so that's my show. My show is the Rubber Band Ball uh, by There's a, a nice listener. There's a few broken listener. ones on here. Huh? Oh. There's a few broken ones on, on the, here. Well, it's because I'm walking around dribbling it the whole time. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> that's why. Well, the, the good thing about a Rubber Band Ball is if one of them breaks, there are other rubber bands. There seems to be more than 1,000 on there, yeah. So I don't really know. The other thing I've wondered, he didn't tell me in the letter how long does that take? Like, I I mean, can you do it in an hour? I don't know. Uh, one of our listeners, Vegas Made Racing, tweeted, ball of aluminum foil. That's what you put that in the That you center? put in the middle? That's what I guess he's referring to. But that doesn't, that that wouldn't, would that translate to the bouncing part of why well, bouncing or just I the mean, rubber bands? The rubber, the rubber bands. The rubber is the only yeah, thing that does that. It's a small ball of aluminum foil, and then you start putting the rubber bands on it, and you're going to get enough bounce out of it. We, we've been doing this for three minutes. We already have a tweet. Is this yeah. like a common occurrence? Do people have rubber band balls? Like it's the first one I've seen. Like when I opened it up, I kind of knew it was what it was, but I sort of asked the question, what's this about? I feel like, like I know what they are. But I, I don't think I've ever seen one until now either. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I don't I, know what it's about. I mean. It was very nice of the gentleman. I, what was the reasoning? Was there a reasoning behind why he gave you a rubber band ball? No. Okay. No. Like there wasn't like some joke or something? Oh, about, no, no, okay. no, no. It was just a gift. All right. Yeah. Which was very nice. No, I I haven't inspired somebody in a positive <laughs> way that they wanted to spend hours making me a rubber band ball. So <laughs> I wouldn't know what that's like. Yeah. Have you inspired anyone <laughs> positively? No, no negatively, yeah. absolutely. Um, have you seen the videos of people placing one rubber band at a time around a watermelon until it explodes? No. Oh, those are phenomenal. The pressure of it just eventually yes. Let, it yes. blows it up. Oh, it's so great. How many do you have to get around? Do you have to fully oh, cover it? I don't know. It? I don't know. But people will do videos, and and it'll. I mean, it's got to be a hundred plus. But you have bands. to fully cover the watermelon. No, no, no. no. You just oh, do it. Just in, in it's in like center. you're chopping down a tree. You just okay. do it in one spot okay. in the middle. And like normally people sit there with like goggles on and they'll put it on. And once they get close to the end, once they kind of start thinking, uh oh, it's going to explode. Once it starts vibrating on like, the table. They'll like <laughs> pop a rubber band on and then like try to back away. And then eventually it explodes in their face and it's hilarious. I've never seen that. I've never seen that. <laughs> that looking at the rubber band ball, you're saying I could pretty much explode every watermelon in, in uh, yes, a grocery store. You could store right probably now. walk into a grocery store and just, and just start, start exploding these on, on watermelons. And eventually, I think somebody working at a grocery store might come up to you and say, Sir, what are you doing? <laughs> but you could do it in theory. Yeah. Well, there you go. It's a show today. Um, great radio. Uh, but if you can just imagine, my, I might, I think, you know what? I'm going to take a picture and just tweet it, it out. It, I'll tweet it yeah. out. Yes, please. Yes. We got to do this. When a we do the giant... show, we got to tweet it out. If not, it's just horrible radio <laughs> where we're describing things that people can't see. Uh, well, so, yeah, we'll tweet that out. Sometimes it might be like it's a program from the 1998 <laughs> of Rose Bowl. Okay, I was gonna go with the Arena League Championship, and there's uh, and there's Barry Alvarez in the front because he only coaches the Rose Bowl. <laughs> he fires his head coach so he can coach in the Rose Bowl. Oh. I'm I'm just impressed that somebody was so moved by Ed Graney that they sent you a rubber band ball. Yeah. I mean, it could be 
it could be that he was sitting at his office all day, you know, like full on office space, doesn't really know what he's supposed to be doing. And so he's just sitting there with making rubber. It's Kramer. Yeah. He but, doesn't know what he's supposed to be doing. Yeah. But he's just listening to the press box yeah. and he's just like, eh, all right, I made this. I made fun of Clay for not getting one. Yeah, I would have too, even yeah, if it I mean, was a rubber band ball. Yeah, um, we should call up Darren Millard again and give him, tell him we got an idea for him to kill some time. <laughs> That's right. Can he get some? Can he get that Tokyo Seven Eleven? He's not allowed to go to. Could, do they? Do they sell rubber brands there? I was watching World News last night, and they had shots of Tokyo, and I kept looking for that Seven Eleven. <laughs> that one Seven Eleven. They showed the media entrance because <laughs> Simone Biles was walking into the media entrance, and I'm like looking on the screen saying, "Can I see the Seven Eleven?" Oh, Darren Millard's not where Simone Biles is. 